1: We are diving into one of my favorite conversations today, which revolves around making the sales process easier. So I'm Jesse Zgorski. I am the uh, the host of Agent Power Huddle, and I've got a guest host with me today. Um, who's I've only met him actually in the last probably the last year, but every time I listen to you talk, Barry, it's just it's in, like I, I learn something new every time and so you're, you're gonna be this gentleman uh Barry Overton is a is a team leader a coach out of uh Denver Colorado but he's also um he's just a really like genuine human being I, I wish I had your book sitting on my desk I just realized as we started he's also an author anyway so, so Barry um anything I missed in your background that people should know about you before we before we dive in
0: so, you know, been in real estate 21 years, but the, you know, actually the majority of my life, I spent 26 years in law enforcement, a Gulf War veteran. So, uh, pretty eclectic background. But what I've learned is all those things that I did as a police officer in the military prepared me for what I'm doing in real estate and now building uh, an organization. Um, so, it's funny how they're so different, but everything fits together. I,
1: I love it. And and I may dive back into that because I'm curious to know a little more about how they prepared you. I have some ideas, but I'd love to have you expand on that. But let, let's dive in first to, our, uh, to, to our, uh, our topic. And by the way, Lisa's put in the chat. If you saw it, thank you for your service. So I will echo that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Barry. I mean, that truly. All right. So, so. Lisa, and you were chatting offline and uh, there's this term that you've thrown around that I'd never heard before. I knew it under a different concept, but it's, it's as soon as I heard it the first time, I'm like, I love that. We should teach that. <laughs> and you wrote on the wall this thing that said, bam, fam, mm-hmm. bam, fam, b a m. F-A-M. What does BAMFAM stand
0: for? <laughs> it's book a meeting from a meeting. And one of, the, one of the things that was very important to me when I came over to eXp, I I, I got a, a pretty strong background in network marketing. I built uh, multiple teams of uh, 1,200 in one organization, 3,000 in another. I joined one for about six weeks and grew an organization to where it's now at 500. And I literally was in for six weeks and I got out, I'm still getting paid for it, but it was through using these concepts because you can't remove yourself from a network marketing company or anything that you're growing and have it continue to grow if you don't duplicate yourself. And that's what I was able to do with a lot of those companies. And one of the things that was uh, a big part of that was the BAM fan. And it it sounds fun. It's a good, It's you know, it puts a smile on your face when you say it. And that's what's important to me about agent attraction. And when I was doing network marketing is not to make it where it's painful, but it's something pleasurable to do and and fun. And we enjoy it when you, you find things that you enjoy, you'll do it more. So the the BAMFAM is, you know, when you think about when you go to the dentist, they BAMFAM you. Usually before you sit in, you're there for an, an annual checkup or a six month cleaning. Before you sit in the chair to start the cleaning for the appointment you have today, they already book you six months down the road for the next meeting. Uh, so they, I mean, when you think of it from that standpoint, they have the whole bam, bam concept locked in. And so for, for, us, for us, when we're doing agent attraction, it's always coming away, you know, I always say that what I do is very simple. I'm a decision collector. I collect yeses or nos from people in regards to, when I share this opportunity, I, I have a one-on-one meeting um i do the the nine minute video the 35 minute video a lunch whatever the case may be when i'm presenting exp at the end of it is it's we're collecting the decision yes i'm in no i'm not and until we collect that decision we're BAM family we're booking a meeting from a meeting so uh because the next meeting may be the thing that we need to get us over the hump and and that's why we have so many tools and i think with everything that you put together for the agent collective it fits very well for for being able to do the the bam fam because how i look at it for me it's literally when i i meet with someone i have that very first conversation with them I, i'm giving them you know maybe you know we're having a a five ten minute conversation and it's only for the purposes of booking that first meeting to sit down and either um, have coffee and go over the nine minute video or send them the nine minute video and schedule a time to reach back out so we can discuss it uh, or invite them to an event. And once I've, I've had that first meeting, let's say it's a one on one. We sit down for coffee. We look at the, the nine minute video. I answer a few questions. And you know, they they don't really give me a decision yet, but they're intrigued. Well, the next step is in most cases, it's probably going to be a three-way call. And it's usually going to be, you know, in many cases, it's been with Jesse or or my sponsor, Shay. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you have that conversation with people, there's someone that comes to mind that's a part of uh the agent collective that. I'm thinking, okay, this person should really talk to Monica or whoever the case may be, because I think they will relate to her story and why she joined EXP. So, um, you know, it, it's booking that next meeting. So before I leave, I already have another one on the books and it makes it so much easier for the follow up because if you leave that meeting, now you're trying to figure out. OK, how long do I wait? It's almost like when you go on that first date and it's like, OK, do I wait three days to call or do I let them call me? Um, and, and this takes all of that out of the equation of literally just knowing, OK, I'm, I'm treating this like a dentist appointment. We're getting something on the books before I leave. So they're prepared for it. I'm prepared for it. And, you know, and, and we move to that that next date.
1: I love it. And I've got some questions on this because last
0: time we talked, I didn't really, I,
1: as you're explaining it again, I'm thinking of more questions. So, um, and, and do you use this in all aspects of your business? Like with buyers, with sellers, are you always booking a meeting from a meeting? Like walk me through how that fits in that context.
0: Yeah. You know, so my, my greatest success in real estate came after being successful in, in network marketing. And it was because I realized the tools I learned in network marketing we're very much uh transferable to to building my real estate business. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's really one of those things, especially, you know, if I got I have a listing appointment today and uh if I'm going into a listing appointment and I know that they're interviewing other agents, well yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I, I number one, I always want to be the first agent that they talk to, but I also want to be the last agent that they talk to. So I, you know, I typically will book another meeting, um, you know, just to have some conversation around how did it go with the, those other agents and, you know, just really getting down to what, what's important to you when you're, you're hiring an agent. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's um, the the exact same thing in real estate on the real estate side of things as, as the agent attraction piece.
1: And, And I love that by the way, that you like to be, um, the first agent, but you also want to be the last agent they talk to, right? So yeah. when you're, let, let's stick in the. I'm gonna, we'll do all these different areas, but I want to kind of dive into the listing appointment, for example, for mm-hmm. uh, as a as a case study. Do you ever um, get resistance to booking that next meeting? Not like as an objection, just like that. I, I just, does it ever feel weird or like, well, why why? Like, I'll call you when I want to talk to you. Like, is that a blow off? How, how does that fit into this this sort of concept?
0: Well, you know, and I really make it about, again, it's service. And that's one of the things that uh, when you look at, I, I, send, I take my, I have a, my story in kind of a brochure form. And when you look at my story as a being in the military, being a police officer, those are all service to community and to your country. And the businesses that I've been most successful with, I've realized that I was serving other people, even in network marketing, when I'm helping people grow their organization, I'm a servant leader uh, to to my team. And so what I've realized about me is that service to others is is really my purpose. It's the thing that drives me. It's the thing that gets me excited. So I look at it from that that approach. And when you're working in your purpose, nothing's really uncomfortable. Um, So for me, it's a mindset of, okay. we have this meeting. I kind of let them know all things uh, in regards to Barry Overton and how um, I do business and my team, 5280 Living, how we do business and what you're getting with that. And once I've I've shared all that and I know that they have some other appointments, I just simply ask you know, here's the thing, I would love to to be able to earn your business. So I would, you know, I'm not really sure what you're going to hear from these other agents. Uh, I did want to be the first agent to talk to you. But I, you know, I want to make sure that if there's something that they're offering, let's have another conversation. So I don't want you to think that just because they mentioned it, and I didn't that I can't offer it. So let's be able to have another conversation around it. Uh, When is your last meeting, you know, booked with with the agents that you have? And then get on, you know, I'm getting on the calendar from there.
1: I love it. And is it, is it usually pretty, I mean, you have such a calm, confident way when you're coming from service, that perspective makes sense. Is it usually a pretty easy, like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's schedule. Like, is it, is there much pushback on it? Or is it pretty straightforward that people agree?
0: No, you know, I mean, it, it's usually uh pretty straightforward. And even if I get the, the pushback, what, you know, I'll, I'll make it. Okay, let's just do a call. Let's. let's uh, I just want to have that last conversation, you know, with them before they make a decision. So, uh, but in most cases, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of pushback, and you know, with again Zoom uh, or a phone call, we we have the ability to connect some kind of way where I can find out, you know, kind of how things went and where I measure up. Yeah, I love
1: it. And the the way I was taught this concept was always set the next step. That's what I have in my mind, but Bam Fam is so much more fun. It is. I just I like it. So, how about it? How about in the buyer in the buyer context? Like, are you do you do you use book a meeting from a meeting when you're in in the way you train with buyers?
0: Yeah, you know. So, uh, and, and I I definitely have to use it there. I've had buyers that it's taken three years to get to the closing table in some instances. And a lot of that I think is, you know, there's, you know, financial things that are going on or credit things. And that was one thing that was always important to me. And a lot of the marketing that I do is for first time home buyers, uh, letting them know I- I'm here for you you know, to the finish line. So when I I talk to someone and we, you know, the first step, obviously I'm finding out what their goals are, what it is that they're looking for. And then we want to get them uh, qualified or pre-qualified to find out where they, they stand in regards to what they can purchase. And, you know, are they in a position right now to purchase? And, and I think honestly that part of it has been appreciated by more buyers of realizing we go through the, the credit process or whatever part of the, the, the pre-qualification aspect, and they're not ready. And they're, you know, and I talk to the lender and they're they're six months out, they're a year out. But again, the follow-up from me is very consistent. They're obviously on a drip campaign, but they're hearing from me personally uh throughout that process. I, I become a cheerleader for them because I know that when you get that, that, that you know, you're excited to buy a house and then you find out, oh, it's gonna be six months, it's gonna be a year, prices are gonna be up. And so I become a cheerleader and and uh, make sure that they stay uh, engaged. And, you know, again, it's it's not necessarily the the book of meeting from a meeting in that regard, but they are on my radar where I'm constantly in contact. You know, we may meet for coffee, um, you know they're on a they're they're getting listings just so they can see what the market is doing what what houses are available uh, things of that nature but like I said I had one that we we went through that process for three years because they would get cold feet they would get excited and then they would get cold feet and honestly it was frustrating to me but I also had to remember that they were first time home buyers and. You know, when you're doing something for the first time that you, you've never done before and it seems like a big feat, it gets scary and you are either going to run towards it or you're going to run away from it. So I had to always just remind myself of that. But I think my best relationships are some of those buyers that realize, man, this guy stuck around, you know, because I, I know agents that if you're not buying right now, they they almost forget about you. You know, and then all of a sudden they see a year later of oh, this person, Bob, but not with me. So I, I I never want to be that person where I see them on Facebook at the closing table and I'm not standing next to them. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: And and I love that. That's definitely an extension of the book of meeting from a meeting. I mean, that's just you, how you're wired for build relationships and for follow up. Um, what what if, we, if we can go into it for a minute? I'm curious. You mentioned about, you know, your service background and. Mm-hmm how that prepared you for real estate what other things do you think from your background prepared you for, for for real estate
0: you know so so I've been in real estate for 21 years i've seen the the good the bad and the ugly of the industry i've done pretty pretty much every type of deal there is to do at least once because i wanted to experience it and obviously during you know the market crash and the recession in 2008 Uh, 2009, 2010, I did a lot of short sales and, um, you know, worked with a lot of uh, uh, foreclosures and things of that nature. So um, one of the things that I realized, and I always, I I realized during that time, because that's when things were very, you know, again, there's a lot of anxiety around real estate. Uh, There was, you know, frustration with, with, uh, you know, when you're dealing with homeowners that are, in the process of losing their home and trying to help them uh, to get it sold before that happens and dealing with the banks on short sales. It was, it could be a very frustrating process. And what I realized is, Pete, I didn't know this. Other people outside looking in would tell me, man, you're so calm, you know, when it comes to, to all of this that's going on with this 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 deal and you know i always i would joke and i would say well but nobody's shooting at me on on this deal you know as my my job uh i served in a war and i serve as a police officer and so dealing with a little uh you know disagreement or some having some patience on a short sale um, yeah I'll do this all day compared to to the past history so it it definitely helped me to to uh just kind of have that demeanor of calm and it's always been important that that's another thing I think um you know composure composure was like one of my big words throughout you know my my career building my real estate business because it was just something that naturally, came to me as a police officer because I learned that when chaos is going on all around you, if the police are in chaos as well, that's not good. We have to be the ones that are composed and and help to to bring order back to a chaotic situation. I look at real estate the exact same way. There there are instances, especially first time home buyers and sometimes agents on the other side that you're dealing with where it gets chaotic for them somebody has to be the voice of reason somebody has to be the face of composure in those instances
1: let's talk about that for a minute because i really do see you in that and I, and i've i've read your book because you talk about this in the book do you develop can can like can someone listening to this develop that sense of composure do you have to be born with it because it's it's a skill set <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I think it is definitely something that can be developed. I don't think it's, you know, just one of those innate things that you have to be born with and not everyone is. Because, you know, again, there was a time in my life when I was not uh, a police officer and there there was a time in my life when, you know, again, if shots were fired, I'm running away from the shots and again, I that na- even now, you know, I-, I naturally go towards danger, and my wife will grab me and say, "Hey, <laughs> you're retired, you know." So sometimes I have to remind myself of that. But again, it was just learning that over over years. And, and like I said, it's it's the exact same thing with real estate. I have people that call me and they're in dire situations. I have a lady right now where we're working on an off market property. Um, People are homeless people are breaking into her house that is basically abandoned and they're using it to to live in right now and she's in a, a state where the city of Denver is getting ready to seize her property. So uh, it's obviously a very um, stressful situation for her, and I've had to be this this voice of reason with her. She doesn't trust a whole lot of people, so and it just in a matter of one two hour conversation. I, w- I stayed with her at her house for two hours, uh, and built some great rapport with her but it's just natural for me. I want to help her because I know that I can. So I don't look at it as, okay, here's another deal that I have. No, this is someone that's in need. And I know that I, can, I have the necessary tools and resources to be able to help her with that situation. I, I love it.
1: Um, it's so interesting as you describe all these pieces coming together because I really do see how, how, they, how they fit together. Any Anything else from your, from your and I never got to ask you about this stuff. Is there anything else in your background that you think has prepared you for real estate? Because the sense of composure, the fact that no one's shooting at you, by the way, <laughs> I, I love that reframe. Most yeah. of us don't, can't use that, but, I, but there must be something else we can use like that. Yeah. What what else prepared you for your career?
0: Uh, I'm going to tell you a story that uh, this is, I was a rookie police officer in Denver Just got off of probation, just got out of the TO program, and again, it stuck with me. This was almost 30 years ago, and it has stuck with me uh, my entire career of, again, this is where I say I became a salesman this day. And this was as a police officer. I was probably 25 years old. I'm responding to. Uh, we used to have what's called Circle K. It's a convenience store here in Denver. Uh, and there is a, a lady. She has. She's a in mental health crisis. She's having a breakdown inside of the Circle K, and she will not leave. I get there. She she's a large lady. She's bigger. I'm six three. Um, at that time, I was probably like 220. She was bigger than I was. And she was completely naked inside this store, and um, there was the situation was she was going to jail. She, you know, we we were gonna either have to take her to jail or take her to um, a, a mental health facility, but she was going to have to leave with me. Uh, the situation, she grabbed my, my chest. I you know, knocked her hand back. I hit her with the pepper spray. And it was like, I had just gave her some salt and pepper or some seasoning. It done nothing to her. And it was in that moment because again, you know, from an aesthetic or, or the optics of the situation, you know, I didn't want to punch her or anything like that, but I needed to arrest her. And Um, it's very difficult to arrest someone that doesn't want to be arrested and they're completely naked. And now she has pepper spray. I don't want to have the pepper spray on me. So it was in that moment that I had to we had to negotiate. We had to have a conversation and I had to deescalate that situation to where she wanted to go with me. And so, you know, again, we had some, you know, so again, here it is. I've I've sprayed her with pepper spray. I've obviously got her all pissed off at this point. And now I got to bring really back in and calm her down. And, uh, you know, we we again, it took a period of time, but we had a conversation about we finally got to a point where, you know, uh, there was a little bit of reason with her. Um, And I found those areas where, you know, she had kids and if I talked about her kids, it calmed her down. If I talked about getting back to her kids, uh, that put her in a place of understanding, you know, what I was saying. If I talked about, I want to help you, I'm not trying to harm you. um, All of those pieces uh, came into play of literally having her now put her hands behind her back. And I could put the handcuffs on her. We got a blanket on her, and we got a the van to be able to take her to a mental health facility. But it was, you know, later in in life, I realized, man, that was that was like it. I, I turned into a salesman in yeah. that instance because I, I had to. Because it's like, okay, what else do I do here?
1: <laughs> I can see why you will never forget that story. I'm watching Lisa and I are like, as you're, talking. I I think in that moment though that. Everything a lot of agents are talking about now is this market shifted the com- the tough conversations they're having with their listing clients, the yeah. conversation with buyers, what you just talked about, you're going back to the emotional hot buttons for this person. You're going back to speaking to what matters to them. Those are the same things you do in real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it absolutely ties in. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting. All right. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love all this, Barry. Um, we got, we got about five minutes. So I got, I have too many questions. I gotta, I gotta narrow it down for you. Um, Back to back to the original concept, you know, where we started this from with the uh, book a meeting from a meeting. If you mm-hmm. were training an agent who's not, they get the idea, but mm-hmm. they're not used to using it all the time, regardless of the situation, right? Whether it be buyer, seller, agent trash, it doesn't matter the situation. How do you how do you train someone to remember this step of book a meeting from a meeting?
0: Well, I, I think for me, it, it's got to a point where I, I'm. First, collecting that decision—yes or no. Even if it's a uh, a yes, there's still going to be another meeting we book. It's the meeting we book with Autumn to get them into the system to do the the join now application, or maybe still, even though they've said yes, I still want to do a three-way call just to to reaffirm the yes uh, with them. But if you know, again, if it's a maybe, that in most cases. I expect to get, you know, a maybe I, you know, I was, um, I was, you know, once I really saw it with Shay, I was a yes, 20 minutes into the, the Brent go video. So um, I'm not a great example of that, but what I've learned is that it takes people time. Cause I did say no, you know, five years ago to eXp, but no one followed up. Um, so I realized that, man, they, Probably two or three years ago, they probably could have had me, you know, in the HP. Um, so that's a, a part of it for me of just realizing that, OK, if this is a maybe, that's better than a no. And if I haven't collected a yes or a no yet, we I haven't done my job because that's my, my only two pieces that I have to do is to collect this decision of yes or no. So we just keep going until we get to that point. So it's really kind of a mindset that you have to have of remembering um, my my only job here is to collect a decision and maybe is not a decision. And so uh, taking it to the next, uh, you know, and already knowing, OK, we're doing the nine minute video here. What's the next step? Should I send them the thirty-five minute video, um, and then book a um, a Zoom or what have you to either show them thirty-five minute video or to discuss it after they've had an opportunity to to look at it? So you already kind of know, you know, we have all these resources. We have the the next video. We have a three-way call. Um, You know, we have different events, you know, they can come. I I love events because now they can get in the room with other people and not just hear it from me, because when they're doing a one-on-one for them, EXP is just me and what I'm talking about. But when I can get them in a room to see other people that are having success and they can hear their stories, um, those are great, you know, great opportunities as well. So, So we have so many different resources to use and it's just again, when I go in, I'm I'm acting like that dentist of knowing, okay, this is only the first step. One of the things that I I teach, and I I know we're pressed on time, but I teach um, baseball, and you're taking people around the bases. The one-on-one meeting, you know, can be first base. The three-way call can be second base. The event, a big event, um, you know, uh, it can be a lunch, whatever the case may be, is third base. And then you bring them on home, Uh, with joining eXp so um, that's that's really how I I teach it and when you see it from that perspective I think it becomes a lot easier just to to share it yeah this is awesome I I just Mm -hmm. every time I talk to you I told you
1: I learned something new if uh, if people want to get a hold of you they want to ask questions what's the best way for them to reach you
0: um so again my phone number is 303-668- Five four three three. I pretty much take every call that I get. If I miss you, definitely text me. I uh, always respond to those. And then uh, Barry Overton at exprealty.com is my uh, email address. Um, my I have a couple of different websites. Uh, IgniteYourGreatness.com is uh, the the site where my, my book is. And actually, I'm really excited. I'm just finishing a chapter. I'm doing a book anthology with uh, motivational speaker, Les Brown. And uh, I'm just finishing my chapter. The book will actually be out next month. So I'm sending that chapter off uh, yes. this uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Oh, so, I love it. Yeah. I
1: love it. Very <laughs> Thank you for being here. That is awesome. by the way. Lisa's dropped in the chat box a link to your book we we will I think we already have you scheduled again if not Lisa we'll make sure we' schedule barry on again. this is this is
0: awesome. All right Good to <laughs> see you Barry. Bob here. and
1: Sylvia, everyone else who's been here autumn Le- Angela, see you guys. have a good day. <laughs>